Those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prom. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International. With the hyphen. It's beginning to look a lot like fishmen everywhere you go. From the minute I got to town and started to look around, I thought these ill-bred people's gill slits showed. I'm beginning to hear a lot of fishmen. Right, enough of that jolly shit. It's Christmas, Nick. It's freaking Crimbo. And this is our Christmas episode. And... For this Christmas episode, we're going to do something extremely special because we're going to do a regular episode, but we're going to talk about Christmas occasionally. Going to Christmas it up a bit. Yeah, it's going to be some uh, some Christmas shit, some Christmas shit, Christmas sh- some Yule time logs all over. The place. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I've shout out a few already, yeah. and they is smeared it all over Nick's face. It's got to be festive. Oh yeah, fucking stinks. <laughs> Coming at you live from a Gremlins Grundle, it's me, Nick Lamley Lambslice. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Lehman Kessler. And we are. Christmas Tabletop Twats! Christmas Tabletop Twats. Yes. This is a Christmas RPG show all about Christmas RPGs. Wrapped up in a parcel and with lovely wrapping paper. Exactly, and we've got so much shit to give to you today. And what I mean is items, not shit, but no. good stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. We've got what you've been slaying, where we talk about what we've been playing. We've got the main subject, which is Call of Cthulhu, our favourite Christmas game. And then we've got the challenges, including gifts. And we've got Fireside Tales, Electro Letters, including Christmas Memories. And we are then going to do an outro, because that's the done thing. And a Christmas message. And a Christmas message. Which I've just thrown on you. Thank you. We yep. do it on the fly. Well, I hope we remember to do that, because I'm not I'm not writing any more notes. I'm not, I've, my note taken's done. Once the pencil's been put on the side, it's the It's end. done. Oh, That's the end of the pencil. I might try and squeeze it in. Oi! Yeah? What you Christmas playing? So, this is what you've been saying when we talk about what we've been playing. It's a clever pun. Um, and this week, I have been playing... Shadow Run. Shadow bloody bun. Shadow bun. It was sent in by Gary McCallum to us, and as a result, we played a bit of it. And I played a campaign of my own devising of it a couple of days For ago. For a change? For a change. No, well, that's what I always do. But <laughs> um, Yeah, basically what it was was they... Uh, I copied a little bit off of the uh, Shadow Run Returns video game, and the party had to investigate their friend's death, and their friend said um, had a dead man's trigger which meant that a message would be played on a device after his death oh cool and he was a journalist and conspiracy theorist and he said that there's a lot of people after him and so it could have been any one of very very many people that would have killed him and the party have to find out who killed him and then ring a number and they'll get the location of a very very large sum of new yen that's being held in escrow somewhere cool so that's what they had to do new yen eh oh yeah it's new it's better than the old yen it's coming, but it's no fresher, worth more. For the kids. For the kids, and, that new yen. Um, yeah, so then basically what happened was is that 
the party, I was I was using the quick start rules and the um, characters from the beginner's box. So you got you grabbed the beginner's box? I did. Nice. And I'm not going to talk about it that much because it's um, quite a disappointing box. Okay, we'll leave but that there then. I was pretty happy with the character sheets that came in there and I used those characters. And what happened is, is the party were investigating this, um, what, what the journalist had seen in his dying hours. Mm-hmm. And what it was was that he, it was found that somebody caused a massive electric shock to go through his brain via the implants in his head and that he was investigating a new drink that had come into town with a mysterious origin called Sprint (laughs) and it was basically a soft drink and they found CCTV footage of him buying Sprint from a club (laughs) and looking at the bottle then not drinking any and putting it down so then they went to the um, not not the manufacturer but a supplier that is doing a few you know under the counter deals of Sprint and they went there and the guy immediately tried to um, leg it, the manager of this wholesalers. Right, okay. And they chased him through this like escape hatch that he had. They got out on the other side, seen him getting into his car, and I was going to have this epic car chase. But what ended up happening is one of them shot the tyre. At the exact same time, another one shot the engine, and it, <laughs> it started on fire. And then Sean's character, Sledge, threw a knife into the back of his head through the window, back window of his car. This guy got utterly <laughs> obliterated. Then the car blew up. And um, his leg fell down, and they searched the trouser pocket and found a card for a corporation called As Technology in there. So that's as far as they got so far. So not much, not less of a chase, more of a just instant killing, execution style. Like it, yeah. And the game got massively derailed for quite some time because they were hungry and couldn't be bothered to drive to the other side of town to go to the cheap restaurant. Crazy bloody. Characters. So they went to the expensive restaurant, and while they were there, they saw an opportunity to rob everyone that was there <laughs> and kill someone. This guy came up to their table. Right, there was no shadow runners allowed in this restaurant, but right. they managed to convince their way in mm-hmm. and keep all their cyberware on, um, you know, metal limbs and shit like that. And this rich guy comes up to the table and he's like, you know what, I goddamn hate shadow runners. You walk around carrying guns. It's not right. And then he instantly pulled a gun on them. <laughs> like, he's obviously a big hypocrite, this guy. Hypocrite, yeah. And um, they shot the fuck out of him. And then Peter's character, Koi Dog, fried him with a lightning bolt. Um, Koi Dog, like it. Uh, yeah, and I just said it smells of bacon in there. Then the police <laughs> turned up and they, they were fucking all over the place. And then they ran away. And they, because of the amount of firearms and grenades that we used in that fight... Um, a tank, a police tank had been called, and the tank goes up to Koi Dog, and he instantly, very quickly, used his um, physical mask magic so he could look like something else. Oh, sweet! And he started to look like a policeman, and he convinced the tank to Please go away. Say tank, then? Nope, just another tank. Don't worry. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just a tank. Don't worry about me. Sub tank. Anyway, he convinced tank. the people of the tank to fuck off. Okay. And, oh, did yes. Yeah, so, but that was just a bit like how the game got derailed for a very, very long time. But it was absolutely hilarious. I did record the game and I'm planning to put some of it online for people to listen to. The only trouble is, is that they wanted to make my editing job much harder, oh. all the people that were playing. So what they did is that like, they started using really bad language and I said, you know we always use bad language on this show anyway, so I don't mind. Mm-hmm. So then they started using racial slurs. Oh, for God's sake. Um, so that they knew that I would have to edit that out. <laughs> Just so they kept on up. just dropping them in every so oh, often. Oh dear. And then looking at you as if safe to mate. But you know what I said to them is that if if I do put that out, it's not me that's going to look bad. You lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They kept saying it. Yeah, it's true. It was like, I'd be midway through, okay, the bloke replies to you and he says, and they, they would just go N-word and just oh, drop that in there. Dear. It So, uh, 
It might be a while before that comes out. Exclusive bonus content. Yeah. Because um, I'm going to have to edit out all of that. Um, all that. But additionally, I bought um, a couple of products which I'm getting off the shelf. So, here you go, Nick. Ooh, yeah. Um, they've got uh, full Shadowrun 5th edition. They've got these um, supplements that you can get um, nowadays which give you... Um, extra stuff for the different classes like Street Samurai and Adept and stuff like that. But what they do is they're much, much more expensive than they used to be because mm-hmm. they pad them out with a bunch of other stuff. What it used to be um, back in 3rd edition and stuff is you would just get a catalogue of items to put in your game. Sure. And a lot of them are still usable with some minor tweaks. So I bought some of the old books. Yeah. So these are 3rd edition, but the stats are pretty much the same. I've so compared cool. them. And they're pretty much the same. So it's just a book full of guns and cyberware, and that is the Street Samurai's catalogue. And then I got. Now you have the... to explain to me what a Street Samurai is because the name sounds absolutely badass. Well, a Street Samurai is basically your fighter class in right. in Shadowrun, but they kind of it's it's kind of like they're samurai in the way that you in back in the day if you carry a weapon you have to be prepared to use it oh, so and if you yeah, see like, someone on the street and they see you carrying a weapon they they might fight you because that's just the samurai code if you yeah. think you're a hard man and you're going to carry a fucking weapon you've got to back that shit up exactly and so um yeah so this this is just a great book it's just full of stuff to put cool. in your game elf street samurai dwarf street samurai they look fucking awesome. They do. The art is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's Some very comic ducky. I like it. I like the. Uh, I like each. You know, each item per page. There's a nice picture of it, large enough to. Is it like Big loaded description. Mm, really and then cool. I also bought the Shadow Tech as well, which Shadow is um, just. It is. It's a book full of cyberware. The, the reason I bought this is because in the fifth edition book they do have a lot of this stuff, but not quite as much as you would necessarily want so pain editor <laughs> yeah I got, I got all of these so that you can um, people that are playing if they want to buy something I would just go here's the catalogue buy what you want it's, 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 it's literally like a it's uh, like Argos I was about to say yeah, a mail, a mail order catalogue you just you know just uh, have a little look or have a trauma damper please. come over to um, cyberpunk Argos <laughs> And buy some. Uh, is there like a shopping channel like QVC? But it's just like, like you give me an idea there. That's, that's going in the game. Yeah, you know it. That's great. New from JML, Cyberize. New brains. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my Shadowrun. New that's what I've been up to. Too. Really cool. I like this. But yeah, really all cool in books. all, I think Shadowrun's a great game. I'll speak about the mechanics um, another time. Maybe we'll do a Shadowrun. Yes, we'll do a Shadowrun episode. Run. But yeah. Um, yeah, it is a great game, a cyberpunk game. I would highly recommend anyone play it. I need some hands-on experience with it. Well. You've been on eBay. You've been busy. Been busy on eBay as always. Um, you've been helping me out. Nick, look at this. Um, so <laughs> first of all, we're talking about werewolf. Yes. So um, have we spoken about vampire on the pod? We have. We, we have. Yeah. Yes. So on a previous what you've been slaying, um, you may remember Harrison picked up um, Vampire the Masquerade, which is from what I've gathered an angsty nineties kind of emo-y type. Yes. Cool sounding RPG. About vampires and mm-hmm. such. Um, but also, I didn't realise, but Harrison was telling me that the people that make the the whole game, which is White Wolf, um, actually make a lot of other books that all uh, they work together, don't they? Yeah, so you can use the Mummy game, the Werewolf one, uh, the Inquisition, and Mage, and a bunch of others as well. And they're all compatible with each mm-hmm. other. And it's brilliant. So this is a book basically entirely about werewolves, um, but it can be used within the vampire game. So... I think I've got to be a werewolf when we play. Yeah, so when we play Vampire, now you've got that 
be a werewolf if you want. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, the, again, the art's cool. Uh, same kind of stuff as in the vampire book, isn't it? As I've said before, I think the White Wolf have some of the most well-written um, and comprehensive guides out there. Yeah. There's, they, they give you everything you need and more. And it's all, all like, there's not a wasted page in there. No. That's what I like about them. And actually, the cover for it's really cool, because it looks like really it's cool. been slashed by an angry werewolf. And when you open up, it's, it's the woods, so it's calling you back to the woods. But I mean, even within the first paragraph of the book, it, gave, it gives you quite a good information about it. It's like almost saying that, you know, werewolves are, that they're cursed, and it's the curse they've got to carry, and, and they're never content with being either in the human world or the wild world of the forest, so they must kind of like um, step between these two worlds constantly and stuff. And I mean, you know, I haven't read it properly yet. I've only had it for a couple of days, but... It's a lovely book. It's great. I'm really looking forward to getting my stuck, getting my teeth stuck into it. Oh, <laughs> oh, kill me, please. What do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? I'll be talking to you. And you bought another weird product. And I did get another book. I got a relic, an absolute relic. Now you, I can't believe the condition of this. This looks it's brand spanking new. It came in a um, plastic bag as well, uh, <laughs> free bag. It's actually the original, from what I can gather, the original Savage Worlds book. Half Before bag. Pinnacle picked it up. No, it's got Pinnacle in it. Oh. I think this is the first one. 2003. So this was 2003, from what I can gather. But it's, the, it's a hardback Savage Worlds guide. Um... It's the art in it's really, really cool. I don't mean to be Captain Dick Cheeseburger. Yes. But it's a bit nicer than the current one, isn't it? The art's really, <laughs> really good. Um, yeah, I do really like the art in it. Art works better, bigger size. It's a bigger size. your other RPG books. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of the rules have probably changed now, but I thought, you know, grab a, grab a, for, for five quid off eBay, I thought I'd grab a bit of history. Yeah, it's nice because you can have a read of that, and there might be some rules that worked better back in the day. Yeah. You know, things like that. It's, what, it's why games like Hackmaster and. Things like that are still popular because some of those rules are actually pretty cool. Mm, exactly, and you never so, know; it might might actually be might actually be pretty decent. Should make an interesting. But nonetheless, book. for a fiver, for a fiver, you, you can't really can't grab a that. bit of history for a fiver. And I mean, the condition of it—it it looks brand new, doesn't it? I mean, incredible. So there you go. So I'll put some pictures of. Uh, I'm sure all the Savage Worlds uh, nerds nerds know about this book already, but for me, new to the system, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I'm glad I picked it up for such a such a reasonable price. A little bit jealous. Sorry, mate. But um. The last thing I want to talk about is actually Christmas related because I... Ho, ho, ho. No, there's no hoes. Oh. oh. But um, I played a Christmas game of Cthulhu last night run by my brother and it was absolutely brilliant and it was based on the film um, Jingle All The Way. (laughs) Ha ha, yes. What a film. Hello. Hello, mate. You're live on the BBC. No, no, no. What I wanted you to do was just describe the campaign you did last night, because it was amazing. And I just want you to tell the good listeners of this podcast the concept behind it, because only you can do it justice. It was such a good campaign. Uh, well, I based, uh, I based it off uh, Jingle All The Way, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad movie. Uh, and uh, their mission uh, was to uh, 
we had five players and they all had to get a Tobin man uh, for their, their kids or themselves as collectors. And uh, yeah, there was a lot to do. Uh, yeah, they had to go to the mall. Uh, they failed that. Uh, they, they went to some really dodgy warehouse type of thing uh, and got a Turbo man that spoke Hindi. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there the was uh, also, they went to uh, Smash TV. It was similar to the arcade game, if anyone's ever played it. Uh, it's a really uh, good game about, uh, it's like a death sport type of thing where you move from room to room, killing loads of things. Yeah, and we, so basically, in order to get a toy for one of our kids, you put us through the most brutal sort of rooms ever. We all died in the first room, except for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did, but you didn't go to the weapon shop. I don't know why that was. <laughs> yeah, I know, that was pretty dumb. Too worried about toys. But I had a welding torch that I got from the warehouse where all the dodgy elves were. <laughs> dodgy and, elves, um, yeah. What I did is I used that to um, weld a hole in the door so I could escape the reality TV program. Because <laughs> nice. one of the other characters died, and then I took the Turbo Man that he had and just went, fuck you guys, see you later. <laughs> I hailed um, a taxi and then just went home and gave my daughter the Turbo Man and just fucked the other guys you over. You win. <laughs> nice, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. And then everyone died. Yeah, you, yeah, you succeeded the mission. Everyone else died. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's my Christmas gift to all of the players. Brilliant. But yeah, it was a great campaign, man. It was so funny. And it was so cool to play a Jingle All The Way Call of Cthulhu campaign. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thank you. That was a good to have you there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, just like, um, before you go, just say like you're, that you're a really big fan of the show or something. I'm a really big fan of a show. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Christmas subject. Christmas subject. <coughs> Sorry. Yo, this is the main subject. No, yo, ho, ho, ho. Come on. Yo, ho, ho, ho. We are talking about Call of Cthulhu um, because we uh, like it and it's our favourite. Christmas at one, one time. Exactly. So, um, Call of Cthulhu is um, a horror game and we're going to talk you talk you about what it is talk it up talk you up about what it is now okay so in its base level right call of cthulhu is a rpg based on the works of hp lovecraft who was uh basically the father of the cosmic horror genre yeah and he um wrote these amazing books that were unbelievably um original for their time he banged out loads of work in such a short amount of time didn't he and he was paid by the word, so I think that was something to do with it. Ah. But um, nonetheless, <laughs> he wrote these great books that um, are, you know, were all about the loss of, of sanity and uh, not being able to comprehend um, horrors that were so vast. Beyond the human's comprehension. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. And so um, it, it was made into an RPG. Now, over the years, there have been very, very many versions of this. The current one is 7th edition, and we will get into which one we recommend at the end, but the basic mechanics of the game are like this. Every character has their attributes, such as strength, dexterity, size, appearance, things like that, and then in addition to those, your education and your intelligence will give you a number of points to spend on skills. Now, the skills are vast. They, there are so many. Loads, yeah. And they range from things like um, anthropology to uh, electronic repair to handguns, to um, psychoanalysis, 
loads, loads of skills, and you get those points and you spend them on your skills, and that's essentially how you make a Call of Cthulhu character, mm-hmm. and how you then use that is the skills are percentages. Yeah. So what you do then is you roll percentage dice. So you have two d10s. One determines the um, first digit. One determines the second digit. So you roll those, and if you roll under the score you've got on your sheet, um, it's basically a success. Now, there are things such as crit fails and, and um, mega successes, mm-hmm. but... Um, Essentially, if you roll under, you succeed. If you roll over, you do not. Nice and simple. Yeah, the mechanics are really, really simple because the game is geared very much towards investigation. Yeah, definitely, and it's um, it's a game of um, it's a game of attrition rather than um, rather than you know collecting loot and progressing your character. It's a completely different kind of yep. idea, which is what I really like about it. It's not so much how far can you progress in, in living up your own character and collecting loot like a lot of other games it's more how long can you stay and can sane, you investigate it? and can you continue to investigate when you're being pushed your mind's being pushed to the very very boundary well that know, leads me on to the um, sort of main mechanic that everyone is attracted to Cthulhu by mm-hmm. because Call of Cthulhu has sanity in it and what that means is that um you have a sanity that is I think in the most recent version equal to your willpower and you um, can lose points of sanity, much like you can lose HP in any other game. And what happens is if you see something that, that you find difficult to deal with, you roll sanity. And same as everything else, you have to roll under your score. That could be anything, couldn't it? That could be your own players torturing someone to get it, some information. To seeing a dead dog on the seeing street. Seeing a dead like, dog on I the street. Know, anything. Yeah, anything that could, yeah, anything. Anything disturbing. Exactly, yeah. And so what happens is if you roll under that, you succeed and you'll lose a little bit of sanity. If you roll over it, you fail and you lose a lot of sanity. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, when that means every time you lose sanity, it becomes harder and harder to keep your grip on it because it becomes harder to roll under it. And every time you lose sanity, the DM will usually roll from a table. If it's bad enough, they'll roll from a table. So um, you've got permanent and temporary insanity effects. You might get a new phobia. You might um, go, go into some sort of mania, something like that. But you might have long-lasting sanity effects such as you have a, you know... Fear of blood forever, or yeah. something like that. So every time you see it, you now have to role play that. Or yeah. you might have something short term, like you get psychosomatic blindness, where you go blind for the next fifteen minutes. Yeah. Or, or could you also? Isn't there also other things you can get where um your 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 grasp on reality kind of gets a bit blurred? So you might forget information from your own backstory, mm-hmm. or you might then imagine um, additional stuff. So well, if you remember, that happened to one of our characters, where he specifically um, in the first Cthulhu campaign we played. He rolled up a um, character that had ties to the Mafia. Oh, Rockford Magnum. Yeah, and the reason he did that is because he wanted to have people that he could call on, these contacts, and then he forgot it because he went insane. That's right, he had no memory of being part of the Mafia. So yeah. that one that one big thing he had for his character, and it got when snubbed I... out really quick, which was great. Though. But um, yeah, so you get like these, you, you have long-term sanity uh, effects or short-term, and the short-term ones are much easier to deal with, but they might fuck you up for instance if you're in combat or you're doing something time sensitive you might go onto the floor and start screaming yeah, and, and yeah, or like run that. away in a mad panic or something. yeah we've had that yeah, before yeah we've had that um, where somebody ran away in a mad panic but it actually worked out alright because they knocked out the robber that was trying to <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to right. that later yeah. but um, yeah so 
what happens is is that often these these investigations there they will revolve around sort of paranormal stuff and Cthulhu monsters, which are typically beings from other planes of existence or the cosmos or something out like of that. space or yeah, lots yeah. of things, isn't it? Yeah. And there's this great ecosystem of monsters in the game as well, but. Um, yeah, often the campaigns will revolve around that and and trying to see them and and in this game, unlike a lot of others, if you're fighting the monsters, you are doing it wrong. Yeah. Even vampires in this game, or well, vampires are, aren't even they're nothing like you would think a vampire. They, I don't even even think they're shaped like people. Oh, if really? I recall correctly, but um, yeah, you get these cosmic vampires and zombies and shit. And even if you're fighting those, maybe, maybe if you're fighting zombies, there's a chance, but probably <laughs> yeah. not, because just looking at these things causes you to go insane. And that's kind of it. You have to kind of investigate and be careful not to go insane. Um, yeah, yeah. It's also very much a meat grinder because you can die very easily as well. Mm-hmm. People always talk about how you should have spare character sheets ready in Call of Duty <laughs> because um, you can die bloody fast. You have very low hit points and the guns and things do a lot of damage. Cause well, look at you guys when you was playing not too long ago as well when you were trying to not drown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and um, yeah, in last night's game with the Turbo Man game, we kind of had. Um, five players die I only didn't die because I screwed the entire party over and got the fuck out of there <laughs> but the thing is like yeah it's a very 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 brutal game all about investigation and, and sanity so it is so much fun from a role playing perspective mechanically it's easy to pick up and I would recommend it for mm-hmm. a beginner game as yep. well and yes yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant but we want to tell you about our Christmas memory yes because we played a, another Call of Cthulhu Christmas campaign Last year, didn't we? We did, yes, and it was we enjoyed it so much. It overran into mid-January, and you had to pull the oh, stops yeah. on it because you were like, "I'm fed up now." We was like, oh, we're enjoying "I was like, it. I'm sick of Christmas." It's not Christmas anymore. And you're still playing this Christmas game, but we loved it, though, didn't we? Mm. So the central conceit of this um, game that I did was that um, Scrooge um, was actually the nicest fucking guy on the planet. Yes, that's right. Um, he turned nice, and he was going to be visited by three ghosts from his past. And these, the players had to defend him against these ghosts because they were trying to turn him back to being evil so that um, all the other businesses that he was consorting with before could benefit from his shady business practices. That's right, yeah. And the ghosts from his past were sort of, not actual ghosts, but more hired mercenaries <laughs> that were hired by the three companies he used to work with. So the ghosts of Christmas past, I believe... I can't remember what the justification was th- was for this story wise. Yeah. But the ghost of Christmas past was um, the two robbers from Home Alone. That's Li- right. Literally yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Scrooge had to stay in his house because his dad was ill and he had to look after him. Yeah. So you guys had to set up his house to to deal with these burglars. And he said. Scrooge was like, oh, I know about a kid um, who's really good at traps and he's on the other side of town. (laughs) Yeah, and you got Kevin. But in this universe, um, Kevin had been uh, left alone. His parents didn't just go on holiday with that and they'd moved away with that. Forever. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty dark. But he'd been in his his house on his own eating cat food. For quite a while. It was six months, wasn't it? They went on a summer vacation. He'd gone a bit insane, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he'd gone a bit mad. (laughs) And it turns out that his trap um, making skills were fucking 
awful. Yeah. And there was a bit where Ryan was um, had this. He had this little toy truck. You know, one of those ones you sit on and pedal. Yeah. And Ryan was like, "Okay, Kevin, uh, can you you make me like something out of this, right? Some sort of trap, because I reckon they're going to come through that back door. So make me some sort of trap." And he just so Ryan leaves the room. And he comes back in, and all he's done is tie it to the the ceiling with a bit of rope. And then he's like. So how do you expect this trap to work? He's like, oh, well, I'll get on it and pedal first. On the bike, yeah. Yeah, and then Ryan's like, okay, get on it and pedal then. And he pedals it and he does absolutely nothing. nothing. He's just hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) And then Kevin's so tired because he hasn't eaten in weeks, he just falls asleep. (laughs) He just falls asleep on the bike, suspended from midair. But the cool thing is in how it differed from Home Alone was that you could just out and out kill the burglars. Yes. And um, so we did. <laughs> I think somebody did a miraculous throw of it was, a piece of dynamite that landed I think it might have been in. me, actually. Or even, do you remember, we was trying to throw a bit of dynamite, and, yeah, we I, I think it was a crit success. So it ended I up, think it was you, and you threw it into Marv's shirt pocket. And it landed in his shirt pocket, because one guy got knocked over. Do you remember when we someone burst uh, out? It was you. You went insane temporarily. Ran out. Ran out, knocked Harry over with yeah, the door. And then someone threw the dynamite in his in, pocket. into Marv's pocket and blew him up. <laughs> And then, uh, obviously, Harry was still on the floor and you just shot him and killed him. Yeah, 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 we just put him down like a dog. Anyway, then the it was the Ghost of Christmas present, yeah. which was the Grinch. <laughs> and but what happened was, right, is this guy, you basically saw this smoke grenade come into Scrooge's um, uh, house. And yeah. it, what, it, what it did is that it um, caused insanity effects on all of you and caused you to hallucinate mm-hmm. and think that you saw a green man. It was a bit like um, the Scarecrow from Batman, mm-hmm. the, the new movies, where he was causing them to have these specific hallucinations. So you thought you saw a bloke um, come run out into the darkness, house, yeah. come out to the darkness, jump out of a giant prison and start stealing things. Yeah. But actually it was just a bloke who, using loads of really high-powered gas-based LSD. <laughs> yeah. And then you saw him sort of fly off into a lair in the mountains. Yeah. And you followed him there and it was, it was pitch darkness. You were all absolutely LSD'd up <laughs> and he was knifing you in the dark and he was coming out you just hit <laughs> yeah and, and I was like oh, you don't see anything <laughs> everyone was having to roll listen do you remember to yes, try and see where he was where he was and, yeah and everyone was failing getting stabbed we were getting murked left right and centre yeah it was it was horrible it was pretty shank dark. city um, and that's where it ended that's where it ended <laughs> because it then was mid-January <laughs> yeah and so in the end I, I was going to have Believe it or not, the ghost of the Christmas future yeah. was going to literally be Turbo Man. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Turbo Man suit, the literally dog. Turbo Man. <laughs> so it was going to be this guy that had made a Turbo Man suit. I don't, I can't, again, I can't remember the story justification. It was a bit tighter than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he was going to come back and blah, blah, blah. You didn't even get that far. You didn't get that far. No, but so, what a game. And it was, even though it was Christmas themed, it was still deadly and pretty scary to be honest with you so it shows that even with Cthulhu the Cthulhu engine you can turn something that's quite festive and make it really dark and put a nice spin on it yeah and it's I think that everyone thinks that all Cthulhu games have to be serious nah. and they don't really I mean a lot, like dark, that- a lot of dark comedy in Cthulhu really keeps the game ticking along I think. well we were just laughing about a kid who's been left on his own for six months <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean yeah, that's, that, it, but the thing is it's like it, it was so um, so much fun because it was a silly conceit, but I actually made the encounters quite brutal. And it, and it was supposed it all to be, out, you know, a bit it. of fun for Christmas, and it was a good laugh. But it ended up being actually quite a fun campaign. And a good, well, the proof's in the pudding. We played it into mid-January and didn't want it to stop. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was actually a lot more than it than a Christmas one-shot like it was intended. Santa baby, yes. Sick a copy of Shadow Run under the tree for me. Uh-huh. 
Okay. I've been a good boy. Have you though? Santa baby. What? Fifth edition would be alright. You're getting third. Yeah. So this is gonna be the ultimate buyer's guide now. We're gonna talk about if you wanna get into Call of Cthulhu, how do? How do how do how you get Cthulhu in your life? Um now there are a lot of editions out there and some of them range from expensive to very expensive. To extortionate. So, so yeah. currently there's the the edition that I have I've actually got two editions, but mm-hmm. um, one is shared with my brother. So I've got seventh edition, which is the latest one, mm-hmm. and of course the one before that was sixth, which I also have. Mm-hmm. Um, sixth edition was a very, very, very good book. Um, pretty much an all-encompassing book, has everything in it, and I picked it up for thirteen pounds. Wow, I, I, that is ludicrous. That's unheard about. of. Isn't At it? the time, I was I, I didn't even know that that was a good price because mm-hmm. I was just getting back into role playing, and um, yeah, that that's amazing. But nowadays, I think. You can pick it up for about seventy pounds, um, which yeah. is very expensive. Even in RPG terms, that's a lot of money. Yes, um, but then if you look at Seventh um, Edition, mm-hmm. that now is split into like you see in other games. You have the player's handbook and the keeper's handbook, which is the DM basically. Yeah, and those are split into two things, and they are thirty-five pounds each, Bargain. or at least they were when we got them. No, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, no, sorry, I think I... I mean, I picked them up recently. I think I paid about 40 quid for the Keeper's Rule book, and I think it was about £34 for the, for the Investigator's Handbook. Now, some games, for instance, we talked about this in the past, some games, like GURPS, literally cut the book in half where it goes into the DM bit and sell them as separate products. With the Cthulhu ones, um, the 7th edition, it's not done like that. And the reason is, is that it was a Kickstarter project, and what they did is they wanted people to... Um, be able to just buy those books and all the supplements such as you can get like players companions and shit that give you extra stuff about the 1920s um extra weapons and things like that all of that's included in the player's handbook so all the Mm -hmm. little supplements with regards to that like except for adventures that's all in the player's handbook so for 35 quid you're not just getting half the rules you are getting a book that is really really worth your time because it's got more stuff for players in there um, same goes for the DM guide as well. That um, it's it's not just half a book. It is it has got a lot of the extra stuff in there. So the actual page count is much much higher, and they're all color as well, unlike Lovely. previous editions. Really really nice. Same goes for the um, GM screen, which isn't just a GM screen. Mm-hmm. That comes with a lot of stuff. So although you might look at these and go, well, these products are much more expensive, you do get your money's worth. Oh, absolutely. So um, obviously, if you get a new game, it's ideal to have a GM screen. They're they're often too expensive but there are a couple of options with Call of Cthulhu because there's the there's one which you can get which is £15 which comes with um, one adventure mm-hmm. and it's it's some sort of fiery book I can't remember but you can get that and that comes with one adventure and it comes with a different screen yes Alone Against the Flames it's called so you can buy this adventure on its own or you can get it with um, a DM screen this is an introductory game introduces you to the new rules yeah. Um, which oh we might we should add the quick start rules for seventh edition are free from the website. Yeah. So if you want to play it, get that first. Try it. See if you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you will. But um, yeah. It, the other DM screen is the I'm looking at my thing. It's just called Call of Cthulhu Keeper Screen, mm-hmm. and that comes with um, two adventures. It comes two adventures. With Mist Jews and Blackwater Creek. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. are great adventures, and then it comes with all the really high quality glossy maps. For those adventures. Which are also in that, both Player's Handbook and Keeper's Book. Yes. So really nice. 
that retails at about £25. Yes, and you do so, get a lot for it. It's not just a screen. You get a exactly. lot of stuff with it. And you? considering that the, um, the D&D screens, I think, can cost 20 quid just alone. Just for a The straight. Shadow One's 15 quid, again, on its own. But, um, yeah, you can get that, £25, and you get two adventures. Really, really nice book with it. So, so I suppose you could say you could get the Quick Start rules for free. You could get the GM screen and run a game. You could. Really? Quite easily. You'd have enough to keep you going because mm. that also includes, you know, some um, so a couple of monsters. It mm-hmm. includes a couple of um, NPCs to fight and stuff, which you can rejig and make into a couple of adventures. So and that's done really nicely. They've all got your character sheets. There's pre- there's pre-gens that come in there as well, so you can get them straight out of there with, you know, fully filled out character sheet within the books. So you can just photocopy it, pass it out. Um, they do all the work for you. Yeah. And the um, Quick Start rules also have a short adventure in them too. Even better. So I guess the ultimate recommendation would be to buy that and play it. Mm-hmm. But if... Not buy it, sorry, get it for free get, and yeah, play it. Yeah. But if... Going on... Okay, so there are many different uh, editions, as we've said. And obviously what a lot of people want to know when they're getting into a new system is which one's the best. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the history of D&D... Um, the versions are wildly different. Yeah. Uh, although a lot of the content is the same, the actual rules, the way it's played, and the way things work is so different. Well, D&D, third edition's a war game. Yeah. Well, no, fourth. Fourth edition, sorry, is a war game, yeah. Yeah, so basically, um, with Cthulhu, the editions aren't like other games. It's not like they released it um, as a new edition because they wanted to do a... You know, reimagining of the go a different direction. What they wanted to do is yeah. just bring the book out again. Mm-hmm. So they did a new edition with a couple of minor changes, added a few new things in there, and so they all essentially play the same with some minor differences. For example, I know that the way that um, your skill points that you get to spend on all your skills is calculated in sixth edition. It is your, I believe, um, intelligence times ten plus mm-hmm. education times twenty. Um, in 5th edition it's just education times 20 as far as I can recall it's something like that it's, a, it's kind of a minor change that doesn't they're affect not the game changes are they no, that's um, right. it's more just that the new editions are new prints of the same rules with some minor tweaks and they've got and, and even then I think in the new book it's got conversion rules anyway um, the best edition has to be 7th mm-hmm. but if you can't afford that and can't find it 6th is absolutely fine and almost as good the only thing um, that that um, yeah that they changed is like is is like very minor stuff. Um, they changed the way melee combat works mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it's not it's not game changing stuff. No, really. I mean it, I mean it, the am I right in thinking that seventh edition had brought in t- um, pushed rolls, which is quite exciting. Yeah, um, pushed rolls. Now they have um, they put in rules so that people don't just go, okay, I'll try again. Yeah. Okay, I'll try again. <clears throat> so they put in rules for that. A lot of games are doing that now, and, and Call of Duty Seventh did do that. So there's some bonus dice. Ultimately, so. it is but. the best version, and it is the current one. But the other ones are great. So mm-hmm. if you see one of those going for a bargain, great. play it. Because I've played Fifth, Sixth, and Seventh, and they all play relatively the same. It's just that Seventh is a bit nicer book. Some of the rules are streamlined, and you're likely to find more new content for it too. Definitely, and if you're, and also, and there's a lot of content out there for it as well. I mean, and like the way it's written as well. If you're new to RPG and full stop, it's written in a very nice way that gives you a lot of examples and ways that it's not just kind of uh, bogs you down with um, rules and stuff. If you're if you're new to it, or it, the way it's written, it's nice. It almost takes you on a journey mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's a bit, very 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 well put put together book. I must say, I'm, I'm working my way through it at the moment, and I'm enjoying it. It's actually and an enjoyable read. Additionally, the player's handbook and DM guide. Um, 
have conversion um, charts in them. Mm -hmm. So if you have a sixth edition character that you want to change up to seventh, you can do that. It's really, really easy, yeah. like unbelievably easy. Um, and they they streamlined the way that um, your attributes work now, so you can change those over to seventh edition. Yep. And um, additionally, you uh, in the DM guide you've got um, rules for converting old monsters. Mm -hmm. So even if you buy seventh edition and you see the sixth edition module you want to play, grab yeah. it and you can convert it, and Easily. it takes seconds. Yeah, it really, really does. So yeah, that's that's the ultimate buying guide for Cthulhu. And there's shed loads out there, old Cthulhu stuff. I mean, if you just go onto eBay and have a little look, I'll send some stuff over to you. There mm -hmm. is mountains of uh, stuff madness, there, mountains of madness out there, which is a <laughs> uh, which is a great story. Do read it. And Cthulhu Adventure that actually you can't find. Well, even in money. the um, yeah, and even in the um, even in the Investigates Handbook this time, they've actually written the entire. Uh, it's got the entire um, horror. Uh, is it horror? No, the Dunwich Horror. The, the whole story's been put in there as well, which is oh, cool. Good. So if you want a bit of, um, you know, get a feel for H. P. Lovecraft's writings and stuff, if you've never looked at any of it before, then yeah, there's a story already in there, and it's one of the best ones. I love, uh, mm -hmm. I love that one. Dunwich Horror, very cool. So yeah, check out Cthulhu. You will absolutely love it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, get on that. And just um, just tell us if if you want any advice or anything like that. Um, this is probably the game out of all of them. It's what I cut my teeth on. Personally. Yeah, and we know it the most. I've played yeah. it more than any other. It's RPG. my first ever game. It's my first ever RPG experience, and I can honestly say that you know after session one of the first time I'd ever played, you know, a bit nervous meeting new people for the first time. Mm -hmm. Bar Ryan. Um, you know, the whole premise of what RPG was was a little bit foreign or a bit alien to me at the time. And I sat down and within 20 minutes got a, got a good handle on it. And I'll tell you what, it's exciting, it's fun. Uh, it's a cracker. It's one of my favourite favorite systems. It's brilliant. I can't can't praise it enough. It's a great, great game. And it's very versatile as well. Yes. So don't think you only need to play horror. You can no, play no, do a lot of stuff with it. So, um, yeah, go check out Cthulhu. You Please will absolutely do. love it. You will love Call of Cthulhu, yes. Good bike. Good bike. Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Christmas Challenges. <laughs> okay, so welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> A dark area where dark challenges happen, but today we've got a couple of challenges, and the first one. Um, we're doing sort of Secret Santa, aren't we? Yeah. So, Secret Santa, for those that don't know, is that Santa... Um, no, what am I talking about? Is that you have to buy a gift on an agreed price for the other person, and we decided to do that for each other. So, we bought each other gifts, right? And it's going to be... They had to be RPG-related, and yeah. you had to only spend £5. That was the rule. So, Nick, I'm going to give you yours first. Where the fuck did I put that? I've seen it. Oh my god. I saw it. This is shambolic. <laughs> Where's the fucking present? Oh, here it is. You're not gonna, I was gonna say, you're gonna give me something to take it away. Also, so, this requires a little bit of explanation, but g give it an open, mate. Okay, well, um, okay, I've been presented with a small parcel with lots of strawberries on the front. Uh, which um, is very nice. I can only find wrapping paper that belonged to my wife, so that's okay, why you put that. Okay, cool. Well, it's wrapped very well for a guy. I tried my best. You've done, done a hell of a lot better than I can. So, uh, very nice. Here we go. So. Oh, you don't need to hold it so close to the mic. We I can hear give, it. I want to give the listeners a feel for oh, what we've got here. So this is um, what Nick has just opened. Read the title. Okay, this is Death Trap Dungeon by Ian Livingstone. And this is a Choose oh, no, Your Own Adventure. I know, book. I was just about to say, is this a Choose Your Own Adventure book? This was book? Um, actually my favourite um, Choose Your Own Adventure book when I was a kid. And it has 
quite a weird backstory to it, but the it's basically about um, a character progressing through a dungeon. Nice. It's literally a dungeon crawl, just full of traps. Brilliant. And you have to get through. And it was made into a PS1 game, actually, that was really violent, and I got it because my parents thought it was related to this kid's book. But it was like, <laughs> it was really cool because people got chopped in half and shit. Joke's on you, mum. It is a really, really difficult choose your own adventure book actually and it's a proper decent relic I think I might play it and record it yeah that'd be a great idea that'd be awesome um, you oh need, mate thank you I think you need 2d6 to play it and it's Ooh. got a little character sheet in the back I just saw that yeah and I think I might I think I might be able to find 2d6 somewhere so to be honest with you, that is lovely thank you very much mate that's brilliant and it's in very good condition yeah it's alright isn't it yeah really good um, so my uh, okay so the RPG related presents that I bought you haven't been delivered yet so I could tell you what they are, if you like. Uh, well, I want to see what you've got, because there's a bag over there that's okay. shiny. Okay, so I, I got you a present, I blew the budget, and it's not RPG related, because I wanted to be able to give you something. So you failed Christmas. on every regard. But, but you've still got a gift, though. I can't be ungrateful, though, can no, I? No, I can't be ungrateful. It's got a nice shiny bag. Thank you. I, I, he hasn't written on the tag. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, very nice. Uh, there's more in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Nick has got me a bag of crispy M&M's, which did you know that these are my absolute favourite? Yes. Okay, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> we do that. eat them enough at the table, mate. Yeah, I love that shit. And also, I know you like a bit of red wine. I, I love red wine. I know thank you. you very much, man. Uh, let me tell you what I did buy you. Okay. Because... But I just want to say thank you very much. You're very man. welcome. I actually really appreciate that. Enjoy the plonk. Um, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to drink that all tonight. Good man. Uh, I did buy you um, some defreeze. Because I know you need them for Call of Cthulhu. Yes. And we don't have them. Sean had a couple. So I've got you two D3s. And I also bought you Stephen King's uh, Salem, uh, Jerusalem's Lot, the oh. book. Oh, wow. Okay, so but it's not been delivered yet. So because I know that you're doing a vampire, uh, vampire the Masquerade soon enough, and I thought it would be a great thing to read, because I've been going on about it for ages. I've wanted to read anyway, it for ages. You've wanted to read it, and I thought it would help with your vampire campaign, because it's a cool, scary, obviously, Stephen King book about vampires. Mate, that's great. That's Thank fine. you very Sorry, much. I could give it to you. That's all right. No, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with what I've got. I might film you. Oh, well, it should be there by the time. We, anyway, yeah, we'll film you opening it. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, Merry thanks Christmas. very much, man. Thank you Merry very Christmas. Much. Merry it's Christmas. Just, it's just got so jolly in here. Oh, it's so festive. I can feel the festive fun. <laughs> that is wicked, mate. Lovely. I managed to pick that up. That was exactly a fiver, and I got it from a charity really shop in town. Fun. I can't believe you managed to pick that up as well. We were only talking about it not too long ago. I just saw it, and I we'll was take a picture like, of these and put them on G Plus yes. because a lot of people will. Uh, We'll remember this. Because that book's got a really weird cover. What the fuck is that on the front? Oh, Some sort of like curled up... Nasty worm type thing with a big belly. Mm. Ian Livingstone. Now, he wrote other stuff, didn't he? He wrote a lot of these adventure books. And, funnily enough, he wrote some of them with Steve Jackson back in the day. Really? Yeah, so that's that's how I came to... So, yeah, that's how I sort of come to know um, Steve Jackson as a kid, is through these fucking Choose Your Own Adventure books. And, and Ian Livingstone. I, I lived off these, man. There was a mech one, but this, this Death Trap Dungeon was my six. absolute favourite. Mate, I can't wait to dive into the Death Tap Dungeon. It's a good De- laugh. Death it's, Tap Dungeon. It's very childish, but it is, it is awesome. But it's Brilliant. lots of people getting gored in half by nice. machinery and shit. It's, Excellent. It's a great book. I can't wait. Thank but you very much. The next challenge that we have is a good one. And we challenged each other, and I haven't thought about this at all. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to try our absolute best. We wanted to do something Cthulhu-themed and something Christmas-themed. So... Yep. The idea is that you come up with a new monster for people to use in their RPG campaigns. And we want to hear about people putting these in their campaigns, even if they're shit. Yes. So, who wants to go first? Should we flip a coin? Uh, yeah, let's roll a dice. All right. Let's roll a Cthulhu dice. Uh, oh, that is absolutely full, because I got about 20 d6s free with Shadowrun. Oh, blimey. Okay, well, we'll roll one of your new d6s. Okay, then. so okay. evens. I'm evens. You're, I'm odds. Okay. 
That's a three. So you Odd. go first. Okay, my monster is... Um, that's it. Okay, my monster is a tinsel monster. Um, it's a mutated piece of tinsel. Uh, well, it's not really a piece of tinsel. It's actually a, um, a creature from another dimension um, that's managed to um, make its nasty way into this world. Um, it masquerades as tinsel around the Christmas tree and sits and lays in wait um, for its perfect opportunity to strike. Now, when children go downstairs to try and sneak a peek at their Christmas presents or, uh, you know, try and catch Santa and stuff like they do, unfortunately, this is the opportunity where the tinsel monster is waiting so from its from its um from its kind of uh position on the tree wrapped around when the kids kind of go underneath the tree and have a little look uh part of it comes down strangles the kids takes them back to its dimension with it that's actually a great idea that's so much better than the one i just thought of but i don't know what it's called tinsel that would be really good (laughs) actually for a cthulhu game that would be really funny trying to investigate that Mm -hmm. Disappearance like, oh, of kids. kids keep dying when yeah. they go near the Christmas tree. I wonder what it is. Yeah, they get tinsel with some okay tinsel tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is called the black bauble. <laughs> nice. And it is basically a featureless black orb mm-hmm. that that can um, uh, sort of like it looks like it belongs amongst any Christmas decorations. Yeah. And it's very very hard to notice, but anyone that gazes upon um, the black bauble mm-hmm. goes absolutely mental and it just it has no personality it's just um, a, a, like an orb of chaos and mm-hmm. it just basically floats through the hallways of celebrating schools and churches no it doesn't make a noise <laughs> it's, it's just that void it's completely featureless and black um, but sometimes the only thing that gives it away is that sometimes it'll wear a Santa hat <laughs> what a teeny little one yeah <laughs> <laughs> what to add to, to try and disguise itself or add to the fear to add to the fear, because gotcha. people think, "Oh, that's what cute Christmas gift." It's a bubble with a hat. It's on. got a little hat. <laughs> yeah, and then they just die. Their hair turns grey, and they just kind of move back. <laughs> there you go. So you've got tinsel too from the black bubble. Please use them. Yeah, or if you wanted to do a kind of AVP type thing, mm-hmm. you could do Tinsel Tooth versus the Black Whoa. Bubble, where the two are fighting, and the investigators have to get involved. That'd be damn cool. What fighting over a Christmas tree? Do you know what? I actually think those are pretty cool. Yeah, I like them. Let's write them down. Yeah. Okay. All right. Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. Actually, don't use that. (laughs) No, you're not allowed. (laughs) No, please do. Hey, everybody, come gather around the fireside. I got a story to tell you about a time when I beat two goblins and three basilisks all by myself. That's right. I did it with my own two hands and my trusty six shooter, of course. But that's not the point. Point is, I beat him. I won. Fireside Christmas Tales. Uh, this is Fireside Tales where we talk about our RPG stories from our RPGs stories. Experience stories. Chris- exactly. Christmas. Christmas. Um, <laughs> so I want to tell a Call of Cthulhu story because yeah. that's what we're doing today, that's what right? We do, yeah. And um, we're both telling a story from the same campaign, so I'll give you a little bit of background. But basically, this campaign was very, very loosely based on Half Life 2. So they got transported into the future and were. Um, in this oppressive um, dystopian type yeah where, the, world, where some aliens had taken over the yeah. earth and were, were draining its resources mm-hmm. including water plants everything so um, while they were there uh, the Combine in, in this universe because it's somewhat different to Half-Life 2 um, had this um, arena and for entertainment they would get people out of their ghettos that they were forcibly made to stay in and they would put them into this arena right and I wanted to have this 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 sort of situation where it was an impossible choice for the characters, where it was this thing where they just go, 
holy fuck, like, what do I do? And it just said, that basically, what happened was they got into the arena and it said, now, uh, dunk your, they, we're going to put your opponent into the arena. Mm-hmm. And what happened is a truck backed into the arena, it tilted up, it was like a dump truck, yeah. it, t- it tilted up, and out of it came just about 100 women and children. Mm. That's it. And they said, fight them or we will kill you. End of story. Oh my god, yeah. And the players, uh, I was like, oh, what I wanted was this impossible choice where they go, but we don't want to kill them, but we don't want to die because Ourself, we yeah. have to save the universe. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, yeah, that's what it was going to be. But instead, what the players did is they instantly shot into action. They went, right, I'm going to run up to the truck. And I was like, it's going pretty fast, mate. You're going to have to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James, um, he, he was really good at rifles. So he, he immediately no, sort of... a crack shot, wasn't Yeah, he, he yeah. hunkered down and, and, and t- took aim and fired a shot. And he managed to shoot the driver in the head. And there was one other guy in the car. So just in case he was going to try and drive the car, he um, uh, Maya, one of the other characters, ran up, did an, a miracle fucking roll on her decks and stabbed the other guy in the head. Then they took the truck, all piled in it, with the women and children in the back to save them, rammed through the fucking gates of the arena, spun the car around, and then Ryan stalled it. And (laughs) then all of a sudden, all the combines started running towards them, firing their guns, they were fucking shooting at them. But miraculously, once again, they didn't manage to shoot the wheels. Mm -hmm. So then Ryan, he jammed on the accelerator, and I said, right, roll drive. Um, to see if you can kick up a gear just quick enough so you can get some real good speed. He does that. He boshes it into gear, drives through the security checkpoint, killing like five combine yeah. on the way out. All the meanwhile, James is in the back of the truck firing his rifle. Popping shots off. Yeah, yeah, off the front. And then they escaped, right? And as they were escaping, this uh, helicopter beast thing that they had in Half-Life 2 started chasing it's them. It's a big worm it's a helicopter type thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and um, James was firing at it with his rifle from the back of the truck. In the meantime, um, Maya was sitting in the passenger seat and wanted to be useful, so she had electronics repair, and there was a restrictor on the van because it was a dump truck. Yeah. And she got in there, unfucked all the wires, and made it, de-restricted it mm-hmm. while it was still driving. And then they blasted through the desert, like they were going like 200 fucking miles an hour or some yeah. shit. And um, while uh, Hubert was on the back, took down the helicopter, and um, they got away. And when they got away, they realised it was a week where you were away. Yeah. So I said, I said to them, um, at this point, uh, just before they got taken into the arena, I said, okay, this week, uh, Roland says that he just wants to relax and read a book. It was his only day off for ages, and he wanted to read a book. <laughs> so he sat there, and they got out, they did this miraculous escape, they were away, and they were like, fuck, we've left Roland behind. He's still at home reading Marley and me. So they they done this amazing escape and then they were like we're gonna have to go back oh, in. Aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, back, get me. Yeah, I was getting cursed and stuff, and I was like, what's going on about working? Is that in really the end <laughs> though? They came up with a better plan and they waited till he was on his work placement the next morning, knew the route of the truck, and then uh, rammed it off the road. Basically, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was all right, but they thought they were gonna have to go back in. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so a pretty just picture of cool me. story. How I, I gave them this impossible choice, and in the end, they and they did something so wildly different. They took the third option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I just broke out, table, which yeah. I wasn't expecting for at least another couple of weeks. That's the beauty of RPG. Uh, my, my, oh yeah, we're awesome. Well, my my fireside tale is from the same. It takes place shortly after mine. Not long after yours, yeah. And um, so they've um, so the party had taken said vehicle into the desert, and I think it was they uh, they got away from the original threat, um, and then I think later on they then had 
uh, I think another uh, one of these kind well, they, of... The van that they knocked off the road that had you in it, they took that too. That's so they right. had two vehicles. Two vehicles, yeah. And I think as they was push, as they continued to, to escape, I think another one of these kind of chopper things caught them, didn't they, in the air mm-hmm. and started following after them. Anyway, we had a gravity gun, um, if I remember rightly. Which is another item from Half-Life 2. Yeah, uh, one of the best items ever. And uh, we, we had this kind of insane um, wrestler with us, uh, NPC, uh, called Backy the Grappler. And he was pretty cool until he went crazy, didn't he? What happened? He him? had this like red mist about him, didn't That's he? That's it. When he got into a fight, he would he fight would see red, yeah. and he would just kill until he was satisfied. It doesn't matter if it was friend or foe; he would just, yeah, he would just come out swinging. So, I think he cut the uh, the old red mist came up, and he started just lashing out and, and whatnot. So we decided that we'd fire him <laughs> as a projectile using the gravity gun. using the gravity gun into the ship, and he would just unleash unholy hell on it as he kind of landed. So. So that's what we did. We fired. We fired a human being out of it was this so funny. gravity gun. He was gun. flying through the air with his arms outstretched, going. Oh! He was loving it. Yeah, he was well up for it. And so he landed, and he just blew this kind of ship out of the air, and and obviously he just punched it, tore it apart. Yeah, and then destroyed himself, and then it just rained down, you know, ship parts and stuff. Ship parts. Ship parts. And um, no, they were great parts. And bits, yeah, shit parts everywhere. And um, so anyway, so that was the first part of it. Um, and then secondly, we was like, well, we're a bit stuck now. We're in, you know, we're in this desert, and we're never going to get across the other side of the desert in this truck. Um, so we had, what do we have? We had time. Well, because the <laughs> truck had been badly damaged in the battle. That's right. Oh, because it had a laser go through it. I think yeah, it was undrivable, yeah. wasn't it? So we basically had three wrecked vehicles. You had a lot of time. And a lot of time. So. We made one great vehicle out of the three wrecked ones, and I think it turned into some kind of like almost like a car that was powered by a jet engine that could only go forward and could only drive whilst it was because it was attached to the MP3 player. So the only t- the only way it would, it would drive was if it was blaring this song. Because the only electronic switch that still worked was the volume on the tape. Player. That's it, and that's what made it go forward. Yeah. So in order to make it go forward, they had to turn the volume up, and it had one tape in it, which was safety dance. Yeah, we play it. Yeah, and the funny thing is about that was that, um, as I recall, the only place the jet engine would fit was on the bed of the truck, on the back. Yes. So you basically had to drive it backwards. And we had some pulley mechanism where someone was kind of on the roof pulling like pulling some strings to kind of turn was, a rudder that kind of helped the jet. Oh, God, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a crackpot, crackpot idea, but it was one of the ones where you, we just sat there for so long talking about it, and it conceivably it could be done. And you as a GM was like, well, I can't really argue with that. Yeah, because it was every tiny detail. It wasn't like, oh, I want to make this... Just going to make a rocket. Yeah. No, it was more like... We removed stuff. Yeah, you were like, okay, we're going to use a welding torch to get this off, but we're going to make sure not to sever this part. And then we want to link it up to some electronic mechanisms. So then it was even like people were looking, using their electronic skill to look at which bits were still intact and and devise a best plan. Then once they looked at it all, then they came up with a plan that was like, okay, we can link this to this and this and this. Oh, it was brilliant. It was an amazing vehicle, but it went so fast because it had a jet engine. Yeah. That I remember you got passed through the desert in like we couldn't stop it was like 20 <laughs> seconds yeah. and, and you were like uh, he literally just turned the volume up and it was like and then had to turn it off immediately and it was still skidding through the for desert for absolutely ages I think when it finally ended I think we were kind of like hanging precariously off a cliff edge where it just slowed down yeah you got to the like, coast oh it was brilliant but yeah so it was just one of those ones where I think we spent like half a session uh, not much happening other than making this kind of crazy vehicle, but we now do. It, so worth and it, and it worked, and it was so worth it. Yeah, and the song was so irritating, but I loved it. It was brilliant, and that's my uh, that's my fireside tale. Very nice, very nice. In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Christmas the electro letter. 
So this is Electro Letters where we read your mail. What? We don't need like a robot again. Yes. Yes. Robot time. Pending. Pending. Beep. Reading. Message one. I don't know if you will know what a letter I, is. I, I, but I sure do. So here we go. <laughs> so here we go. Well, no, actually, our first letter is actually a... Uh, it's from Pete Malloy. He's been in touch. Whoa. Pete Malloy's alive. So for those that don't know, last week we um, did a... Uh, call to a local curry restaurant trying to search for Pete Malloy, try and find him. The hunt for Pete Malloy, yeah. Because he's gone missing. So this is, this is good news. This is very good news. He's so alive. we've got proof of life. Um, we've got uh, we've had a, a raven in from Pete Malloy. Good. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll read it out. So. Okay, he says, Thanks for helping me escape your local curry house. That phone call really helped as the following day it was raided by immigration and they found me in the cellar with a few local dead cats. <laughs> Plenty of Zubuntu curries have left my... Left me a little less anally retentive. I'm now known as Slack Malloy. That's a good name. Right, we're going to call him that now. Um, interesting moose fact of the week. I really want to make that a new, a new regular. Slack Malloy. Um, Slack Malloy's moose facts. We should get yeah. We should turn Slack Malloy into like a Roman correspondent. All about moose. All about mooses. The flap of skin that hangs beneath the moose throat is called a bell. Still not played made yet. We are still on a Savage Worlds campaign. The players are currently searching for a one-armed pink goblin. <laughs> Any sightings, please to Slack Malloy. Yours, Slack. Slack Malloy there. Slack Malloy there. Nice, nice. I'm, I'm glad you're alive, Slack. Yeah, it's good to have Slack back. Slack's back, Jack. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, he, I'm glad Slack didn't get attacked when he was in the curry house. With his Subuntus. He's back, Slack. Slack back, Slack. Alright, good. Merry Christmas, Slapback Jack. Merry Christmas, yes. Yes. Have a good one, Slack. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, keep, keep, your, keep your rescue letters coming in. Uh, and next we have... Okay, so our next Electro letter is in from a good, good friend of the show, good personal friend of ours, Jeanette Girard. Great person. Jeanette. Yes. Of Girard. Hello. Jeanette. Hello. Uh, so, here we go. Hey, guys. Question for your next podcast. What is the maximum legal minus to charisma a GM can impose on the player who was supposed to bring the booze to the game and forgot? I mean, for the entire session, of course. Ooh. Fuck me, man. Jeanette, was, she was bitter before about that guy that gave her a write-up about her sheet. And now he's not turning up with alcohol. Is it, if it was the same guy, I bet she's definitely killed him. She must have done. He's dead. He's dead. If he was the same guy that did both of those things, he is dead. He's so dead. But I do like the fact that you can penalise someone in-game for fucking up out of game yeah I think there's a better more subtle way to do it than say that you've lost charisma but unless you want them to know you know yeah yeah look into the whites of my eyes I have taken your charisma <laughs> what will you do now <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is um, if if somebody had forgotten to bring the booze to a game I would kill them yes no but then we always bring our own booze B.O.B. yeah B.O.Y.B. B.O.Y.B. We always boib. Why not so, drive? So, yeah. Well, at yours, you sometimes have a drink, don't you? Yes, indeed. When it's at my house, I definitely have a drink. But um, yeah, so we. Uh, have I suppose the moral really. of the story is: don't rely on one person to get all the booze. Yeah, bring sorry, your own. Sorry, Jeanette, but next time bring your own. Sounds Mine, like we're criticising. Minus two charisma for you. Oh, mate, that's harsh. No, I'm joking. But the thing is, um, we like Jeanette very much, so we, do. we don't mind. We don't mind. And uh, if that guy, well, well, yeah, tell him to bring booze next time. Tell him to bring booze or kick him out of the game. Yeah, simple as that. 
Or uh, make him. I know what would be a good idea is if if he, he turned up and he everyone was relying on him to bring the booze and then he turned up. You should have him play from outside, but through a window, so he can only see the the, the game through the window. So well, it's like, just, yeah, then you're punishing him in real life for something he did in real life. But it's freezing outside. That's the point. That's that's the point of the exercise. Exactly. Fair enough. If he had booze, he'd keep warm, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Jeanette. Keep them coming in as always. Thank you. Right, next one's from a guy called Gary McCullum. Ever heard of this guy? I haven't. No, me neither. Um, joking, of course. Uh, Massive racist. Big Gaza. Um, <laughs> he's not. No, we can't say that, can <laughs> he's we? so not. He loves, he loves everyone. He loves the world. Um, it's Harrison taking him out of context. Except for Lithuanians. <laughs> no, their internet connection he's got the up with. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I always get that wrong. Um, he sent in a little Christmas story to keep everybody nice and festive. Lovely. And it goes as such. Here's my Christmas game in memory. One Christmas, I wanted to go play some Savage Worlds and my wife. And, and my wife. One day, I went to go play some Savage Worlds and my wife wouldn't let me. We got divorced and I gamed happily ever after. Okay, so the moral of that story is don't let your wife get in the way. Don't have wives. Don't or don't have wives. No, we've got wives. But I'd love to have a gaming wife. Hmm. Actually, maybe not because I've heard about the killer DM story. So yeah, maybe not. Because imagine if you had an argument with your missus and then you were playing D and D with them. Ooh, that could get. That sticky. could get nasty. I'll tell you what's very very funny actually. Uh, have you ever been onto Reddit and gone onto the um, horror? horror uh, RPG stories I have I've seen a couple yeah I've read a few of them um, doesn't update as much as I'd like it to so I think I've read quite a lot of them but there's one when um, the, the this guy had gone to a new party and um, he said alarm bells started ringing when he realised that uh, the GM's girlfriend was playing uh, but she was too busy watching her TV programme so she would join in when she was ready uh, and then the story continued basically when she rocked up she had like the most rarest item but two of them grafted into both of her arms you know even though she's level one uh, yeah. yeah anyway I won't. check it out go to reddit check out the horror stories very funny but that is good it's kind of linked to that as well it's very cool so he wanted to game one Christmas and then he got divorced Merry Christmas Merry Christmas <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, next one this is pretty exciting Harrison we've got a new listener oh good yes finally Finally got one. Uh, we've got a confirmed one. Uh, uh, he, he's, he listened to, he dropped us a little comment on G+, which was very nice, that he was had listened to all of the uh, Tabletop Twats episodes in the past three days. So Whoever you are, there's something wrong with you. You're crazy. Um, but yeah, no, he really enjoyed it, so keep up the good work. And he also sent a little uh, a little, a little letter, which was very nice. What's so his name? I shall read it. His name is... Uh, hold on a second. Always Matthew known. Imaginary Truth Jones. Matthew Malloy. Matthew, Matthew ITJ. Matthew ITJ, thank you for listening to the podcast. It's good to have you as part of this. Keep the letters coming um, if you want. If you don't want... Well, shall I read his first one first? do it anyway. Yeah, well, let me read his first one. Yeah, because it might be a bad Because it might be a hate... Maybe a hate, hate letter. A hate crime. Hate crime. Might be a hate crime. We hate you, twats. Okay, let's right. see. Okay, let's go. Greetings and salutations, twats. Upon your pleading... It's I have order. <laughs> Upon your pleading, I have decided to grace you with a question from the hills of Pennsylvania. Oh, wait. My mum lives there. Nice. So is, is this your mum? It might be my mum. Oh, for She does go by Matthew Jones sometimes. I knew it. I'm just fucking with you. I planned on writing before you asked. No, I did actually have to ask. Please send us a letter. Um, but he was going to send one anyway, so it's all good. Uh, anyway, if you had to choose between never gaming again or having an angry gnome bite on your scrotum once a week for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Gnome me up. 
No, me up too. I mean, f- funnily enough, he stumbled upon the very thing that turns me on the most. <laughs> By accident. I know, purpose. so that's the thing. A, I would revel in that. You'd be you'd be gaming the daily. I'd do it more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to pee off the nose. Yeah. Bite me harder. Bite me! <laughs> Man, that's grim. No, that's wicked, but I'd take the bite. I'd take the carry on, carry on RPG. As long as it did no long-lasting damage, no, you'd right. know him right up, wouldn't you? You'd know it right up. Yeah, exactly. What's that in your pants? Nothing. Hello! Uh, <laughs> Little fucking little uh, big Colin pops out with a fucking ball bag in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh lovely! Sorry, oh, sorry. Why? It's sorry. Christmas, Nick. Christmas. Bags. It's Jesus's birthday. I know it's Jesus's birthday. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Jesus. Jesus. He, was just, he was just a guy. Don't worry about it. Um, you can't say that because we might have a religious distance. I'm not religious. I am. So he's just a guy to me. Oh, sorry. Um, I love Jesus. I love all his records. I like. Uh, I'm a big fan of Buddha. I, Buddha's good really like what Buddha's doing these days really like his stuff with his dubstep not as good as the earlier stuff but he's, he's, he's oh baby Buddha yeah that was cool baby Buddha, Buddha, Buddha Jr <laughs> <laughs> should we finish his question yes yeah, sorry okay uh, so that's the first one right. also I'm sorry I didn't start listening until the jingle contest and the drawing contest were over as I would love to have participated well that's a shame but a little exclusive sneak preview more competitions coming yeah yeah, yeah, because um, we want to do more competitions. We want to give more shit away. I'm having a clear out of my house. I've got some old chairs that need shifting. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bookshelf that needs to go. Um, Actually, we could use this podcast to advertise that. If you want to buy a bookshelf, is it what kind of, kind of bookshelf is it? Wooden one. Yeah, what be like? What sort of wood is it? Pass. Don't know. Well, if you want to buy a no, mystery this isn't bookshelf, a platform to sell our junk. It is. <laughs> it literally is. We could do what we want. It's our show. Craigslist. Right. If you want to buy a um, bookshelf, get if in like touch. To, if you'd like to buy my worn boxer shorts, you know there are people who actually buy that shit on eBay though. Have you seen? Have you ever googled? Uh, go onto eBay and jugulate and yep. put in used socks. And there's oh. pictures. But apparently, you get more money if they see a picture of you wearing them. Proof. I'll, I'll prove it to you if you want. No, no, proof that they are actually that person's socks. Yeah. You could just you could just sell a set of socks and be like, oh, you never guess what I've been up to in these socks. But part of me actually thought, you know what? It's not a bad money for a day's work, is it? You get £7 a pair of socks, put them on, take a picture of your feet, send them off. I'm a normal To some sort of pervert. All this, elect- all this electrician malarkey. It's rubbish. You could have just been selling your underwear. <sighs> right. Watch this space. I'm starting a new website next week. Um, get in touch if you want any. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, email me and I'll send you some pants. Um, I know in America they'd be like trousers. That's what they call trousers, isn't it? Pants. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Uh, so more questions. Sorry, more competitions coming. Uh, and the final question. One final question. In a battle between Robot B Nine and Johnny Five, who would win? I don't know who either of those people are. Johnny Five is from Short Circuit. Johnny right. Five Alive. No, you don't remember that film from the, the and B Nine Robot B Nine. Oh, We've talked about this before. I never watch films. We're going to upset loads of people now by not knowing what Robot B9 is. I think Robot B9 would win because um, it sounds... His name makes him sound benign, and so he's the underdog. Right, okay. Well, Johnny Five can read shit really fast. Mm. Um, mm. He's pretty cool. Mm. He's got cool eyes. Mm. I think Johnny Five will win. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, thanks for an enjoyable podcast, and have a good one. Sincere- you bloody liar! They're not enjoyable. No, they are. Sorry. Sincerely, Matthew Imaginary Truth Jones. So, thank you very much, Matthew Jones. For Mitch, yeah. Mitch, yeah. Uh, absolutely brilliant, and welcome to the Wild House. <laughs> <laughs> Lonely this Christmas, so lonely.
Christmas. Motherfucking Christmas. It's Christmas, bitch. Motherfucking Christmas. Christmas, bitch. Are there any more questions? Yes. Uh, we have... Uh, we have... We have one more story from Mr. Eric Lemery. Eric Lemery. Let's do some French now. That's uh, racist. No, that's racist. That's like doing a black guy accent. No, I just wanted to go... I just wanted to say, uh, Hola, Eric. Hola. That's, that's the wrong language. Fucking the right language. No, it's... He's uh, one of those Spanish Canadians. Bonjour, Eric. Yeah, Je m'appelle Harrison. Harrison. Je n'ai pas de regler. What's that? It means I have no ruler, I think. Regler? I think so. Ah. Un beak? Yes, please. You want a pencil? Yes, please. Or is it a pen? I know, uh, I think a rubber's gum. Un gum. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Le boulangerie. Bon marché? That's a supermarket. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Right, let's go on with a question. Eric says, When I was in my late teens for a couple of years, our gaming group, brothers, cousins and buddies, would rent a cabin in the boonies. Ooh. Get high and game like game all fucking weekend. Nobody wanted to take a shit in the outhouse or look down at turds, so we coloured the snow yellow all over. One year, some skiers passed by and we all hid in the cabin because we were ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of going off to a cabin to game. You know when, when skiers do that thing where they skid and it, it, it like kicks up a big yeah, spray yeah, of yeah, snow? Yeah. Imagine that and it was just all like, big chunks oh. of shit. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Thanks for that, Eric. Very Christmassy. <laughs> so more, just... more Yule time logs and yellow snow. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's all the uh, Electro Letters for this time. What an amazing lot of Electro Letters. Yeah, as I think always. we talked a bit too much bollocks for once. For, for, for a change. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry, uh, everyone. <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. There you go. The Christmas. That's the Christmas gift. Been a big brought. old load of bullshit. <laughs> big, old, big old parcel of BS. That's a real Christmas log. Okay. Moving on. Moving swiftly on. Shove up. We got some bad stuff. Okay, so this is the section of the show where we do shout-outs to our colleagues on the Nerds International Network. But you know what? Fuck those guys. Because <laughs> this week we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about those guys for once. They deserve a lot of credit, they really do. So go over to Nerds International Google Plus. Yes. But we wanna talk about a shout-out we wanna do is to the listeners. It's a Christmas shout back. Because we have had an amazing few months doing this podcast. We have. Had such good fun and met such nice people. We really have. Um, yep. The other day, my wife said to me, you have such good luck meeting people on the internet. <laughs> Which is funny in, in two ways. First of all, because I met her on the internet. And really? second of all, because, um, yeah, I do. They, they are all generally nice people. Mm. So... We want to say a big shout out to the following people. Jeanette Gerard, she sent us some sick stories at the beginning of our podcast. Yes. And she gave us some great advice. She was mm-hmm. very encouraging. And, and still is. And still is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. And is a pretty cool person that you should follow on Nerds International. In Absolutely. fact, this should be the list of people you should follow. Okay, like it. Um, so next up is obviously going to be Gary McCallum. He's a great guy also. Mm-hmm. He has a beard. He has his very own beard. He has his very own beard. And he sent us a wonderful package full of stuff after the third episode. Mm-hmm. That was when we were still even worse than we are now. Yeah. And yet he sent us a package that clearly cost him a lot of money. He put a lot of effort into to getting it to us. And yeah. we had a long battle trying to get it. But, but we had such a laugh opening it. And I've now played Shadowrun, which he included in the box. And it was really, really good. And all the snacks that Nick's probably eating now because they've been at his <laughs> were absolutely <laughs> lovely. I'm no. glad I got to try a small morsel of it. you got a mouthful of it. 
There's still sweets left, don't we? We're, we're, we're cracking out the nibbles. Uh, yes. Next week when we play uh, Pathfinder. Yes. So, um, additionally, we want to speak to Zach Jenkins. And the reason we want to do a shout out to him is because he's a criminal. No. No, he's not a criminal. He's, he's not... a stand up pillar of the society. society who's never been to jail Ever. for murder. But he has, he has extended through his means of communication. Uh, he's the only guy that get, gives us messages on Twitter and for that we want to thank him yes thanks for giving us Twitter Zach uh, and he's also, sending in a bunch of really cool questions he wants to game with us and he wants to game with us yes, so we're going to sort something so out so we are going to sort that out that is our mission for the new year we promise to you guys that we're going to sort out a game where we can play with you the listeners we're opening it up what we're doing, we're doing it, we, we, maybe we could pre-warn everybody give them lots of notice and then we're opening up a, maybe a, some kind of group or something see who's interested work out some times, time zones and we can we can have a game next and year. And we have a game, yeah. And that's that idea is thanks to Zach Jenkins because mm-hmm. we don't have any original ideas. No, well, we just think everybody's and pretend they're as. And we want to thank Jamie and Eric Lamaru for inviting us over to Nerds International. Yes, of course, because they are the big bosses, and we have to say they're great, even though we don't really think it. <laughs> they're actually <laughs> take that. You think you're the boss? No, actually, we should retract that. They are great. Yeah, they are great. But boss. now it sounds like we're lying. Oh, but we're not. But we're not. They are, what would we have done without them? Exactly. Yeah. This podcast wouldn't have nearly the listenership that it does. And not even that, but the cool listeners mm-hmm. that we all, all came to us through Nerds International. We wouldn't have been even... so kind. I mean, like you'd think, what are these two limey twats talking about? Yeah. And yet they've been extremely supportive, helpful, and lovely. amazing to Generally us. Generally downright lovely to Exactly. Us. Yep. You guys are absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for, for inviting us, and thank you so much for all the help. And, of course, there is Pete Malloy. Pete Malloy. He was in touch early on, and then he went missing, but now he's back. Yeah, he's back. Thank you, Pete we'll Malloy. Look, thank you, Pete Malloy. Thank you, Matty Stark. Matt Stark. I know Matt's a couple of episodes behind, because um, he did say on Twitter the other day. Well, but fuck him, then. No, Matt's I a mean, great no, guy. I mean, no, he's a great guy. And he does, he does a lot with the Star Wars stuff, and he's always pumping stuff out on G+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a great guy. So thank you and Merry Christmas to Matty Stark. And the competition winners, Stefan Dragonspawn and Manuel Sams. Both awesome guys. Yep. Um, Mage should be with Stefan for Christmas. Hopefully. hopefully. But Stefan Dragonspawn has his own chainsaw and Manuel is a German. So... Which has a... Which he has a really... Which I didn't realise until the other day that he has his own channel on YouTube. So if you I speak German... I posted it on my Google Plus, actually. Um, if you speak German, go and check it out. Even if you don't, do, because I watched a bit of it. And, and it's still trying hilarious. To, I was trying to guess what was going on. Wicked. And also, we did have a chat with him today because he's in our current gaming group and he did give us a little exclusive sneak preview that he might be doing some English ones later on. So... Sweet. Watch this space. Okay, cool. And... Anybody else all... we want to big up for the Merry Christmas? Uh, so many people. Bill Lear, Shosi Black Axe, yep. Harold. Harold. And those are the guys that we've been playing with. All awesome Manuel, guys. Manuel, yeah. Um... So, yeah. Just thank you to everyone. And lastly, I'm very sorry this has gone on a bit too long, but we want to thank the great guests that came on. Ryan Field, Sean Hunt and James Clark. They're part of our gaming group. And we were very, very surprised yep. at the response that people actually liked them because we don't even we don't even like them that much. We thought we put we, we actually put them on the show to try and t- to make stop us look the, good. Yeah, to, yeah. To, we'd be like, well, if that doesn't kill the podcast, then you know, 
but they actually liked them more than us. So yeah, so brilliant. thanks to those guys for coming on, especially those guys. Yeah, they're good guys, and I'm sure you people will hear from them again. Um, so thank you big, for yeah. everything this year, everyone, and if your name wasn't mentioned, it's because you're not quite good enough, all right? No. no what I mean is um, that uh, we're It's quite we're hard idiots. to think of everybody on the spot, but there is loads of people, everybody that's supported us, everybody that's listened to our show... And everybody continues to support. Oh, Daniel! Us. We forgot Daniel. How can we forget Daniel? Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, he's cool. Um, Daniel sent us a story in about Warhammer. Daniel sent us another super long story, which we are going to do. We've We're got, like we said, we've now. got a little bit of a backlog. We've actually got three stories that have been sent in, which we are going to bonusify. But um, this has gone on too long, Nick. So yes. let's shut up. Thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. And good night. Good night. My name is Garrett Coleman, and when I not, get it. I am listening to the table talk facts. Okay, so yeah, um, that was another show, Nick. I think it went particularly well. We're gonna have a great time. We've got a. We just wanted to mention, if you want to get in contact with us, if you've listened to this show and you think those guys, they sound like they know what they're talking about, then you're mad. Yeah. But get I'm in wrong. contact <laughs> at tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Uh, tabletoptwats at Google Plus. Or in a Nerds International Network? Nerds International Network. There is so much going on. That's going. That's evolving as we speak. Uh, more shows going on all the time. Um, it's really starting to... It's getting, it's getting, it's getting pretty, pretty, pretty and Facebook, massive. Facebook.com forward slash tabletop T. Yes. Tumblr. Tumblr, don't know what it is. Don't, uh, don't know how that works. And I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. One thing. Is that um, we have set up a new thing. And we know it's near to Christmas, but we have set up... A donation button. Yes, we have. But uh, none of the websites that were on will allow us to actually put the button on there. I made a cool little button with Gary Coleman's face on it, but I don't think anyone's going to see that. Ah. But nonetheless, um, we've set up donations now. Um, there will be a link in the description of this episode to donate. The reason that we've done that for now over Patreon is because we just want people to donate if they feel like if they, they want can to. give yeah. any tiny amount of money, then fine. But if you don't want to, we don't care. No, we will not continue, we will continue the- making them. Yeah, whether you donate or not. Just gets recycled back into the show. Exactly. If you feel like you want to, we will recycle your money back into the show. It is not for personal use. Nope, not at all. It supports the show and uh, it will support... Pay for hosting, which Nick currently pays for. I pay for the hosting, yeah, but it's fine. Um, I'm happy to do it because I love doing doing this. Uh, But no, you know, a little bit of support, you never know, because more competitions, things like that. But it's purely primarily, all primarily, slightly for the show, more for my back pocket. No, not really. No, 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 don't say (laughs) that. Not at all. Cut that out. But basically, the, the, the... the underlying message is donate if you want if you, don't, want. If you don't we don't care and yeah we're not we're not going to rely on the donations we're going to carry on doing what we do because we absolutely love it so good um, and to close off the show we're going to do a video next week where we're going to visit some RPG stores in England which believe it or not is a fucking novelty in this country yeah. there's about only three in the whole fucking country so. yeah and we're going to finish off in a pub Lovely. Lovely. So, you look forward to that video or don't. Who cares? And did you want to finish on uh, the, the thought-provoking? Oh, yes. So, um, every week, um, we give you a, a thought to ponder on until yes. the next episode comes out. And this week will be no exception. Um, last week, we asked you a question, and we always give you the answer on the next show. We do. Um, but this week's question is going to be... Christmas-related. And the question is... Why do you never see snow women? Okay, and that is an episode. Bye! Ho 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 ho! Chicken McBo ho 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 ho! I'm beginning to hear a lot of fishmen right outside my door. 
As I try to escape in fright To the moonlit ends with night I can hear some more Your goose is plucked, amigo. What sort of line is that anyway? That's rubbish. Fuck! What the hell? How did you miss? We were at point blank range, you fucking idiot! Oh, oh, oh you're fucking dead. Oh, oh. oh, Nick, you've knocked him out. Uh, please don't, please don't hit me. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. oh ow, why do I always wake up next to you in pain? That sounds awfully wrong, but it's not the point. We appear to be in his basement or something. Oh, shit. He's knocked us out and we're- Ow, I'm tied up. Look, remember that I said to you that the that I did have one remaining time crystal? Yeah. And that it will transport us to another point in Harrison's life. It, it could be at his birth, or it could be when he was at his most powerful. So it could only be used under extreme duress. Well, we're tied up in a basement with no guns and no weapons, no way out. But he didn't manage to take the crystal. What are you saying, Al? I'm saying I had it hidden upon my person. Yes! No, <laughs> don't get excited. Why? Because it, we could be in a worse situation than this. Where did you it's stash a, it? Somewhere bad. Pocket? Sock. Inside sock. Classic. Um... Shoe? All I'm going to say is this. The crystal is stashed somewhere, and currently you may be able to um, tip your chair over and come over and get it out with your teeth, considering your hands are tied. It's not going to be nice, but this is to save the universe. Are you saying what I think you're saying? I'm saying exactly what you think I think I'm saying. It's in your butt. Possibly. Oh, great. Ow. Dig in, Nick. <laughs> <laughs>